Hello and welcome back to our podcast. Over the next several weeks, we're going to be exploring what the Bible has to say about leadership. To guide us in that discussion, we're going to be using a workbook called Leadership, The Crisis of Our Time by Wendell Winkler. And we hope this series encourages each of us to grow as godly leaders in our respective communities, homes, and local churches, and also provide some instruction on how to prepare the next generation to take on that role of responsibility. If you'd like more information about the Traders Point Church of Christ, please visit our website at traderspointchurch.org. You can find us on Facebook and YouTube as well. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Good morning, and welcome back to our podcast. Thank you for joining us this week. As we mentioned last week, we're, we're shifting gears into a new series of study that will take place over the next several weeks. We're going to be discussing leadership in a variety of different ways, and kind of to help us with that discussion, we're going to be referencing a workbook entitled Leadership, the Crisis of Our Time by Wendell Winkler. And it's a book that we'll typically will just use kind of to frame some of the discussions that we're going to have in regards to this topic of leadership. Clearly, the Bible speaks at length about how important godly leadership is in all of the different settings that we'll find in our lives. And he gives us a lot of examples of men and women who served as good godly leaders And so we're going to reference several of those. We're going to reference three of them today and three of them next week specifically. And we're going to use some of the examples that they set and the decisions that they made to help frame the discussion around leadership and how we can apply some of these things to our lives today. Because the reality is, is that regardless of where we may be in our lives, regardless of how old we may be or what gender we may be, we're all going to be in situations where we need to exercise godly leadership and we need to be a light to those around us. And so whether it's in the local church or whether it's in your home or your peer group or your local community or at work or school, whatever the situation may be, you're going to have opportunity to shine your light and to be a voice of godly leadership at different times. And so it's important that we prepare ourselves for that and that we realize what type of leader God wants us to be, and we prepare ourselves for those situations. And so we're going to begin this discussion today by looking at three examples from the Old Testament. We're going to talk a little bit about Moses, Joshua, and Nehemiah. Now, obviously, those three individuals Uh, Their stories are long, and there is a lot that could be discussed, and so we're not in any way, shape, or form going to attempt to dissect all of their stories, but we are going to touch on a few key characteristics of leadership that we see in each of them. And so we'll start with Moses, and he's the first one that we're going to talk about today. And of course, Moses is a great place to start a conversation on godly leadership, because he was given a huge task of trying to bring God's people out of Egypt and lead them towards the promised land. God, of course, helped him along the way and gave him a lot of instruction to to turn him into the leader that we see him being. But but we're going to start with a discussion of Moses. And as I mentioned, the, the workbook that we're using gives us some, uh, some key points in regards to each of these characters that we may touch upon. But Jeremy, when you look at the story of Moses, there's so many places we could go to talk about 
the the different leadership characteristics and qualities that that he showcased. Um, but I think we should start probably with just who he was and how God prepared him to be the leader that we see him being. Because it doesn't appear that Moses was necessarily a natural-born leader, but God helped prepare Moses to be the leader that we then see him being. So maybe let's start there. Let's talk a little bit about, a little bit about Moses, and then we'll dive into some of the characteristics that we see. Yeah, I think it's really a good segue from you know a point that you made you know kind of at the beginning that when we begin to think about leadership, you know sometimes uh, there's a you know, large group of people that will kind of convince themselves that you know I, I'm I, I'm not a leader, I'm not going to be a leader, I'm not going to be an elder, or I'm not going to be a father, I'm not going to be the the boss of my company. You know, I'm I'm not necessarily going to be a leader. I'm not leader material, right? But I think, you know, the one of the points that you made, especially for Christians, followers of God, he's called upon us, each and every one of us, to be a, to be a leader in some capacity, right? In, in our circle, probably, is the, the best way that we can go about it. Now, that takes on a lot of different forms. Maybe you are an elder in the Lord's church. Maybe you are a, a father and a, a husband, leader of a family. Maybe you are a boss and leader of a company, right? Maybe you are some of those things. But even if you're not... God still is looking at us to be a leader, mm-hmm. and some of the you know some of the points that we'll see even from Moses and and from some of the other people that we will study over the next couple of weeks will show us specific things that come into play, but also some generalities that that play throughout whatever capacity of leader you are, and so that kind of brings us to Moses because certainly at the very beginning of his story he kind of fits into that category. God calls him to be a leader, Exodus chapter three, beginning, and lays on him a pretty impressive size, you know, task, if you will. But Moses is convinced he's just not a leader. And, uh, and and so you have that discussion that kind of ranges there in Exodus 3 and 4, and, and it is kind of that back and forth of, of Moses trying to, you know, tell God that, listen, that's just not me, that's just not who I am, but God making the point, well, it, it, it is because of who I am. I mean, that's ultimately, we've talked a lot about Moses in this podcast over various um, episodes, but, you know, that's the point that he makes. And so for me, that is the biggest standout for Moses that although he thought, hey, I'm not really equipped to be a leader, God says, well, you are because of who I am, from your, your relationship with God. And then so when you study Moses' leadership, who is arguably, in the page of the Old Testament, the greatest example of a leader mm-hmm. that you will ultimately see, what stands out over and over and over and over is his relationship with God, is that from the very beginning of his leadership in Exodus chapter 3 to the very end of his life, he is in constant communication with God. I mean constant communication with God. And it doesn't matter what capacity of leadership or role that you're filling, to me that absolutely has to be number one. And it will be the thing that we'll see in every example today and every example next week. Yeah, well, that's what I was just thinking as you were talking about that with all three of the men that we're going to talk about today, Moses, Joshua, and Nehemiah. One of the things that stands out with all of them is the amount of time they spend in prayer and communicating with God. And I think it, it can't be overlooked. In fact, it should be the at the top of the list when you talk about characteristics of godly leaders is they spend time in prayer. Because the, the one reality, and you made mention of it in regards to Moses, 
is that without God, none of us are going to be prepared <laughs> to take on a role of leadership right. in any of these settings. We need him to be the guide for us so that we can take on these aspects of leadership. And, and so this constant communication that we see from Moses and Joshua and Nehemiah with God should, should really serve as, as a really important point in regards to how we prepare ourselves to be leaders. Spend time in prayer. Talk to God about the decisions that you have to make. Talk to Him about things that you don't understand. Ask for Him to make things clear to you and to provide you with the wisdom that you need in these circumstances. He, he, wants, he wants to help us in those areas, and He's prepared to help us in those areas, and it's, He showcased that with people like Moses and, and Joshua and Nehemiah and many others, where he, he provided them with the clarity and the wisdom that they needed to, to be the leader in their communities that he had called them to be. And I think with Moses in particular, one of the things that we see that doing for him is giving him the confidence that he lacked early on when God first called him. He, he was lacking in confidence, but as we see him grow grow closer to God, we also see his ability to stand in front of people and lead the confidence that it takes to do that. We see that grow as well. And and so I think we can make the connection then with our own lives that the more time that we spend in prayer with God, the stronger and the more bold we will become as a leader because he will provide us with the strength and the courage that we need to do that. And, and the opposite then will be true as well. If we neglect that side of our relationship with God, it will, it will show itself in, in a weak leader. You, you will see leaders who don't have the boldness and the courage in the Lord that they need to have. Now, that doesn't mean they can't be overconfident. There can be a lot of overconfident leaders out there that don't have a relationship with God. But when we're looking for godly leadership, that boldness and that confidence is going to be directly connected to the amount of time they spend in prayer with him. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, and you know, a lot of times that overconfidence that you made mention is just, I mean, it's fake courage, you know, even to begin with. Even the, the most overconfident, especially when it's not based on a relationship with God, when difficulties come, mm-hmm. even those leaders will shrink back. Yep. And you just simply don't see that with Moses. You don't see that with Nehemiah. You don't see that with Joshua. Three men who took on huge leadership tasks from God. I mean, massive, you know, tasks. And each and every one of them were able to stand up to that because of God. Mm -hmm. And, And so you see them leaning on them. And so, you know, for us to be an effective leader, to be a bold leader, to be a confident leader, we have to be completely leaning on God. And what that means is, I mean, that means we've got to be in communication with Him. As we've talked about prayer, our study has to be where it needs to be because that strength and that confidence comes from Him. And what's interesting with Moses is, I mean, we get a, such a full picture of his story. I mean, we do to a point with Joshua as well, but more so with Moses. I mean, the full gamut of, you know, from the very beginning of his leadership mm-hmm. in Exodus 3 to see ultimately even where he is at his death on the mountain. I mean, yeah, he's made a mistake that put him up there, but he's up there with God at right. the very, yeah. very yeah. end. You still see him leaning on God, and you study throughout all of the difficult leadership issues that came from outside, that came from within the people of Israel, lots of issues to his leader, obstacles to his leadership, even from within, 
And what is remarkable is every single time he's, I'm going to talk to God about that. There's a problem. There's an issue. Let's see what God says. I mean, it is every single time, and it is a standout for sure. There's another element of Moses' leadership that I think is closely connected to that. He He was not only ready and willing at all times to lean on God, but we also see Moses being willing to lean on others too when needed. And we certainly see that with Aaron as he was by his side and he took on his own significant leadership role with Moses. But but we also see there's an interesting story in Exodus chapter 18 where Jethro, his father-in-law, provides Moses with some advice. And, you know, it's it's easy to think that someone like Moses, who's been hand-chosen by God— who God speaks to on the regular would would simply be uninterested in listening to what anybody else has to say. He's Moses, you know. He, he's the one who talks to God. He's got this covered. But Jethro gives him some really good advice in regards to Moses's need to delegate some of the responsibilities that he has. And we're told there in Exodus eighteen and verse twenty four that Moses heeded the voice of his father in law and did what he said, and he chose some men to delegate some of these responsibilities to. I think that's another really powerful example of what it means to be a godly leader. Certainly, God is going to be the one that we lean on first and foremost. But part of being a godly leader is also realizing the need to delegate responsibility to other godly people who can help you fulfill your role as a leader within whatever community you may be in. And, and so it's it's important for us not to think that we just have to take all of this on ourselves. That's the way to get burnt out really quickly. But instead, as a leader, as a godly leader, you look for other godly people who can help you and support you and who can take some things off your plate. And that is, that's a, perhaps one of the more challenging aspects of leadership. And because I know even sometimes myself, I mean, I, I think all of us can be susceptible to some control issues from time to time. <laughs> and we want to do things our way and we want to do things ourselves. And the idea of delegating is, is sometimes a difficult, uh, difficult challenge. But I think Moses illustrates just how important that is to not only lean on God, but also to be able to lean on others and allow them to help you with some of these things as well. And as I was thinking about this, that's one of the things that really stood out to me that I want to work on myself as a leader in my home, in the church, in the community, wherever I may be. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it's, you have something very specific there in Exodus 18 with this conversation between Moses and Jethro. But I mean, it, it, on a little bit larger, more generalized scale that's not mentioned as specifically, but when you start to look at it, most certainly was the case is Moses's relationship with Joshua as well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, yeah. a lot of times we think about Joshua and, and Moses as their relationship as Moses kind of grooming Joshua, you know, to be the leader after him. And, um, I mean, that kind of comes along a little later in the, you know, a little later than mm-hmm. I think we realize sometimes, yep. um, you know, it's, but yet we see their relationship was formed far long, you know, long before Moses's, uh, you know, sin by striking the rock and, and having to, you know, give those responsibilities over to Joshua. Mm-hmm. But yet we see it mentioned, not as specific here as Exodus 18, but all the times where it's just mentioned that Joshua's there with Moses. Yeah. And, you know, he's with Moses at the tent in Exodus chapter 33. He's with Moses on the mountain 
And, uh, you know, we, we, miss, we miss those things. And, and sure, Moses was grooming Joshua in a lot of ways, but it, it, there had to have been just, you know, a, a sense of encouragement and help for Moses of having Joshua there, mm-hmm. of involving him, you know, in this. You made mention of Aaron, certainly Miriam as well, especially early on, played tremendous roles in his leadership. And so, yeah, I think there is something to be said of certainly you leaning on God first and foremost, but also surrounding yourself with godly, good leaders who will help is super, super important as well. Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head there that Joshua was was prepared by Moses to take on the role of leadership after Moses was gone. And I think as leaders— one of our responsibilities is to prepare the next mm-hmm. generation of leaders. Yep. And actually, that, that responsibility then falls on both parties. One, the, the older generation has to be willing to take the time and, and be patient and to work with the next generation to prepare them. But that younger generation has to see the value of preparing to be a leader as they grow up and as they gain the experience and the maturity that they need to then step into that role. They have to value that. So they have to be willing to listen and learn and watch and wait. Because when you're a teenager, you're not prepared to take on a role of leadership within a home or within the local church or within your community. But within a few years, you may be moving into that responsibility and into that role. And so wait, learn, watch, listen, prepare yourself. And so both parties have a responsibility in making sure that there isn't a void in godly leadership at some point. If Moses had died and Joshua wasn't yet prepared to take on the role of leadership, then there would have been a void there, and terrible things probably would have happened. We've, we see that in the story of the Israelites where they, during the times of the kings, where there are times where there isn't godly leadership in place. And, and terrible things happen. The, the people very quickly fall away from God and, and get involved in idol worship. And so when there's a void of godly leadership, that is a serious, serious problem for his people. And so it's the responsibility of current leaders to prepare the next generation, and it's the responsibility of that next generation to watch and learn and desire that role in whatever situation it may be so that when that generation of leaders is gone or no longer able to fulfill that role— they're now ready to step in, and they have seen what it's like to be a father. They've seen what it's like to be a mother. They've seen what it's like to be an elder. They've, they've seen all of these different leadership roles, and they've learned how to do those things, and so now they're ready to step in and do that. And so both parties have a huge responsibility, and I think Moses and Joshua are a great example of how that's meant to work. Well, I mean, you see that playing out exactly as Scripture dictates in the generation after Joshua, yeah. right? The generation after Joshua were told, mm-hmm. you know, there in the book of Judges that they, they didn't listen, they didn't follow, they didn't pay close attention. And so now you have a massive godliness void mm-hmm. um, that lasts a long time after Joshua is gone oh. and you're in the pages of the book of Judges. Yeah. Joshua was one of those guys who, you know, early on in Joshua chapter one, you know, God talks to Joshua and tells him over and over again, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. And, and you can see then how that has impacted Joshua and how he uh, leads the people of Israel. He, he becomes that strong and courageous leader that he was called to be. And I, I think for us, you know, the same message has to be true. We're, we're called to be strong and courageous in our leadership as well. And that strength and that courage is rooted in God. 
That right. strength and courage is rooted in his ability uh, to, to help us and to lead us. And I think, you know, as we kind of start to make the transition to our third, our third character study for the day, and Nehemiah, I think, fits that same mold. Now, we don't get the direct, you know, Joshua chapter 1, be strong and courageous over and over again with Nehemiah. But Nehemiah had to illustrate or demonstrate some extreme courage early on in his story. Uh, if you're not familiar with Nehemiah's story, he was a cupbearer for the king. And in order for him to go back and to help rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, now the people have been released from captivity and they're now back in Jerusalem and they have rebuilt the temple, but the walls are, are remain, in, remain in ruin. And Nehemiah wants to go back to help rebuild those walls. But he has to seek permission from the king in order to do that. And we even get some indication early on in Nehemiah chapter 1 that that's not an easy request. And it comes with some danger even to approach the king and make a request like that. And we see Nehemiah doing exactly what we've talked about Moses and Joshua doing, praying to God about that situation and then having the boldness and the courage to approach the king and to make that request known. And, of course, God provides a way at that time. So it's just interesting as we continue this study, you start to see some of the same characteristics rise to the surface with each of these three guys. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. You know, one other thing that stood out in a lot of ways with all three, and we made mention of, you know, their relationship with God and, and incredible conversations that you see from Moses, from Joshua, from Nehemiah, you know, that they have with God incredible obstacles that each of them had to face certainly Moses and bringing the people out of Egypt Joshua and you know the conquest of of the land of Canaan and all the obstacles that came with that Nehemiah and you know him leaving and making the trip to Jerusalem the building of the walls uh, the issues that he had you know from the the people themselves there mm-hmm. certainly the the dangers that he had from the outside and, uh, you know, their relationship with God got them through all of those things. But one other thing that stood out that you see from each of these three guys, and even certainly with Nehemiah and his story, is you also see these three men as leaders leading. They are out in front. They're not sitting, mm-hmm. you know, in their cushy chairs, you know, kind of pointing around. You know, there, there's, there's moments for delegation. We've talked about that already. Yeah. But there's, there's never moments to to go away, right? right. That's uh, Leaders yeah. don't go away. Leaders are, are leading. They are out in front. They are setting the example. And you see that with Moses. He is out in front. You see that with Joshua. He is out in front. You see that with Nehemiah. He is most certainly yeah. out in front. So people are seeing him. They're watching him. They're listening to him. They're now following him. That's what a leader is all about. And that, to me, is another thing that really stands out with Nehemiah, is he seems to be, I mean, in the middle of it. Yeah. From uh, the the entirety of the story, from the very beginning to the very end, he, he is not almost just telling us the story. He is the story. He yeah. is in the middle of everything. Yeah. He is the one talking to the people. He is the one showing the people what to do. And it is, to me, another incredible aspect of what a leader should be, is willing to lead that's what a leader is, and that is, you know, inherently out in front. And we see this again from all three of these guys. And I think when you see that in somebody, it's inspiring, yeah. and that, that's exactly what we see in the story of Nehemiah. I mean, these these people end up; these walls have been in ruins for a long time. Long time. And these people end up getting this done in fifty-two days. I mean, it's it's amazing. And I think what we are seeing is. What happens when a godly leader does exactly what you just described? 
He's not sitting in a chair somewhere pointing. He's out there working. He's out there showing. He's being an example for them. And that's inspiring to people. And when those people are inspired, a lot of work gets done in a very short period of time. And it's all because of the characteristics of leadership that Nehemiah was demonstrating. And and so that's important for us, too, if we want to be effective leaders who inspire others. That means we're going to be busy. We're going to be hard workers. We're going to be out there working with everyone else, doing the work that we know needs to be done. That's a huge responsibility because that's what it takes to then inspire other people to get involved and engaged in that same kind of work. And Nehemiah was one who was at the forefront, as you mentioned, of this whole thing. He dealt he dealt personally with the opposition that came up. He was the one who was going to handle that. He wasn't going to put that on someone else's shoulders. He, he knew he was the leader at this point in time. And so when people tried to stop the work or to create hardships for them, he was the one that had to answer those questions and be right. at the forefront of that. And so you can just see, I can just imagine everyone else looking at Nehemiah wondering, how is he going to handle this? How is he going to handle this? And every time when he steps up to the plate and he does what needs to be done, I can just imagine it's, it's like a shot of adrenaline for those people probably to see a leader like that who knows he's, he's going to bat for us. He, he has our best interest in mind. He's not going to leave us to fend for ourselves. He's going to be there every step of the way. And, and that is just, as a follower, that's just so encouraging when you see leadership like that. Yeah, I mean, it is, you know, what you have a leader who's very focused on the goal. And what I like about Nehemiah's story is you have a really specific goal here, a little bit different than you have with Moses. I mean, he certainly had a goal, but there was, I mean, you're decades and decades and decades of time. And Joshua had a goal. Again, there was significant amount of time and events in the midst of all that. But Nehemiah's story literally is one goal, right? You are to rebuild the walls. And so now you're able to see once you have this goal in mind, and it's important for every leader to have that, to have purpose, to have a goal, right? To have vision. And um, now he's relentless to reach that. Opposition isn't going to cause a problem for that because of how focused he is on this goal. And he knows how important it is because of how important it is to God. And nothing's going to get in his way to get this done. If he's got to make a difficult decision, he's going to make a difficult decision. If he's going to have to do something difficult, he's going to do something difficult because that goal is so important. And so you really see him focused on that goal, that purpose that's out in front of him. And I think that makes a massive difference for him. Yeah, it really does. Well, this hopefully this kind of served as a little bit of a – a kickoff to the study of leadership that we're going to have, as I mentioned, over the next several weeks. Uh, we'll continue this conversation, and we're actually going to do so next week as we look at three more examples of biblical leaders. We're going to look at David, Paul, and Philemon next week and look at some of the characteristics of leadership that they embodied as well. So thank you again for joining us today, and we'll do it again next week.